Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Porto Podcast in English. I'm your host, Rui dos Santos, and as always, I'm with Jason Rigu. Jason, what's going on, brother? Back-to-back defeats where we beat ourselves. <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, it's the best way to sum, sum it all up. I mean, a lot of really frustrating very disappoint, uh, disappointing results, performances, and so much could have been prevented in both of the of the last two games. This one in particular really hurts because you're playing in the grandest stage. You're playing against a big side like Barcelona, and just when you think, just when you think that Porto will sneak some points away, sneak a win, or maybe even get a draw, you know, it just wasn't meant to be. We shoot ourselves in the foot once again. Porto go down 1-0, goal from Ferran Torres off of a Romario Barro mistake and defensive, I don't know what you call it, on the tracking back. Uh, but yeah, that's how Barcelona scores their goal and it, it's like the same old, same old for Porto. What do you say about this game overall? It's disappointing overall, man. Like it's There's a lot to be proud of in the way that Porto played and their, the game plan was executed. But at the end of the day, the the players let down Sergio. Like this has to be a win, even with the referee being against you. Two big calls not called, but they still had plenty of chances. And this game should have been in the bag. You're, you're playing at home. It, you showed you you could play with confidence. Um, and like I said, the game plan was just executed well. We were in control of this game, so it's uh it's very poor not to get at least one point here. But the, not getting the three is even worse because. I don't know what more you're going to ask from a game plan and how much better you can execute it. You just got to put the ball in the back of the net at the end of the day. Yeah, it's the story. It's the story of our season so far. You know, it's just either uh, like dumb mistakes defensively, mental mistakes. It's it's like we're, we're gifting our opposition with goals, whether we win or drop points or whatever it is. It's We just can never keep a clean sheet. And I feel I feel bad for Dugu Kosta because his... I mean, he's doing everything that he can on shots that he's supposed to save, shots that are incredible. He makes the saves on those, but there's only so much that he can do. And he's it seems like every single game, there's at least one moment where he's left out to dry and he just can't make the save. He's not Superman, but he's pretty damn close to it. Uh, just really, really uh, unfortunate here. I, I just absolutely love the intensity that we came out in this game. The crowd was really behind us. We were ready to, to, to have a positive result in this, in this match, and we could really use it. The energy was insane. The press was fantastic. You hit the nail right on the head. I think Sergio... Sergio had the right approach and the right strategy, and he even said after the game that he was really proud of the players, the way that they played, they executed the plan. They were just unfortunate to not get a couple of calls. They were unfortunate on the mistake. They were unfortunate on not scoring a few goals. Taremi, you know, just a hair off sides or a foot off sides on that beautiful goal, which would have been a Puskas award-worthy goal. I mean, just nothing went right in, in this game for us, and it's the most frustrating. It's the most frustrating way to drop points, especially when you're the underdog. It's unpredictable uh, to get a result by most people. They would they wouldn't expect a lot of uh, a lot of the an analysts, the pundits, had Barcelona being the favorites, and to get a result out of this would have been perfect. Uh, but that's just the way uh, football goes, you know. Just. Uh, that's what they say, right? So it's uh, it's another tale, and I I totally agree. the 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 officiating really didn't go on our sides, but we could have done more. We should have done better to reverse all those errors from the officiating. It it just should have been better on our side. I mean, even on Teremi's goal, there was no he had no business being offside. He needs to be aware of that. He's a veteran. He's not some nineteen year old, twenty year old player. Yep. He needs to be aware of his surroundings because he, that him being offside there gave him no advantage. He, there was no reason for him to be offside. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, yeah, he should know better. And he didn't have to be there. The play was drawn up perfectly. It was a great ball. He was just a foot off sides. It's just another like mental lapse in this. It's it, it's when it comes down to the final third. It's stuff like this where we are just not connecting and not getting on. You know, we're not getting behind it. We're not getting, we're not being in the positions that we're supposed to be in. We're not capitalizing. I mean, look, look at the Pepe goal. 
I feel like this guy is he's a wonderful player. Love Pepe. He's a complete player. Uh, he's one of the best players on our team, and I think he's having a very good season. But it just seems like when he gets himself when he gets himself in a situation where he can just score a blatant goal, he just somehow finds a way to just not get it done. It's too long. He took too long, too many touches on this. He should have just ripped it one, uh, not one time, but after the first or second touch, just rip it on net. Do not take your time. And Jules Conde made an incredible, incredible tackle to to force it for a corner. People thought it was a penalty, but when you look at the replay, it was a clean win. It was a great win, but I credit more uh, Pepe to that tackle because he took too long to shoot. What'd you make of that? I mean, I thought it was embarrassing that he didn't take it to his left foot. He saw where the defender was. He was realizing that he was catching up, aware that he was on his right side, and there was nobody else but him and the defender and should have just taken a touch to his left. And he could have never made that tackle if he just put on his left foot and shot to his left. Like, you're a professional footballer. What do you do? Like, you got to be able to use both feet there. Yeah. Yeah. If All he needed to do was take a touch to the left. The defender was coming from your right shoulder. You just saw him. These are things you need to be aware of if you want to be considered a top-level footballer. Like, you're in the Champions League. This isn't the Portuguese League. You're not, you're not playing bottom-of-the-table team here like these are guys that play at a high level they're you need to be aware of these situations and make the most of them that's those those opportunities don't come often so when they do come you need to capitalize and if you can't you're just going to be sent home and just going to be like hey nice performances but uh no uh no knockout stages for you buddy yeah (laughs) i mean you don't get points for for playing good or quote unquote, being the better side or the more threatening side, you got to get on these. You have to score in these situations. It's the Champions League. And I feel like this is what happens every single year with, with Porto in the Champions League. Even when they're they're neck to neck with these big clubs, they shoot themselves in the foot or they just don't capitalize. You know, we saw it in both legs against Inter Milan last year. I think we could have went to the quarterfinals. We could have played Benfica in the quarterfinals and potentially have gone to the semis, and and who knows what would have happened afterwards. You know, it was a weak side of the bracket, and I feel like, I don't know, if we were more clinical, maybe we would have advanced pretty far into the tournament last year, and we would have probably got six points in two games or maybe four in the first two games of this year. So, so frustrating, and and. And for once, we can say that the defense was pretty solid the entire game. And it's bizarre because we're playing against one of the best in Europe, you know, the defending champs from Spain. Um, outside of like the, I, I mean, you can, I'll, I'll definitely give you the floor on this one, on, on Romario Barro's uh, mistake that led to the goal and whatever. But outside of that moment, if you want to shift a little bit of blame onto the defense to not tracking back and, and defending um, the counterattack better because it, it was basically 2v2. Outside of that, the defense was great, no? Yeah. I, I think – so what, what we spoke about before the podcast was I think Wendell defensively was sound. He um, did his job offensively in the first half. He definitely struggled quite a bit. I don't know if he was just thinking too much or forcing it. I was impressed by Karmu. Um, he's been – to me, he's been rock solid. Now he's, uh, he's getting to that mo- point where we can start to call him consistent. If he keeps up these performances, I think another one or two performances like this, and you can start to trust this guy as your starter. Just needs a little more experience next to him. Cardozo was fine. I thought he did his job well. He uh, he takes a little bit too many scary tackles, if you ask me. I, even if they're clean, I think it's just it puts yourself in a interesting predicament where even if you get the ball sometimes, that foul is still going to be called just because you, you just make too much contact. Right. And for me, João Mario, this is a guy to highlight because – if you ask me, I think João Felix was the the threat for Barcelona in this game. I think everything was facilitated through him, getting getting him out wide, getting him isolated. I think he created a lot of space for Barcelona. He was the he was the guy to get the attack going, and I thought João Mario did his fair share and held him down as best he could. And I mean, João Felix didn't get any clean looks at net, and I, you got to tip your hat to João Mario. He, he played both sides of the ball in this game, and I thought he played pretty well. Yeah, and I thought he did uh, a pretty good job on Alejandro Balde as well. That kid's been insane since being integrated in the um, in the starting eleven for Barcelona. Young kid, excellent left back, really shifty. He's great on the ball, and he could track back pretty well as as well. So that that whole left side, Joel Mario had had to kind of pay attention and 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 be really sharp. And I thought for the most part, 
you know, for what what we get from Joao Mario defensively, he did pretty well, kind of slowing things down and not making really too many crazy mistakes. I thought he did pretty well defensively, and he did pretty well uh, on the attack. So that was a. Uh, that was pretty impressive. I was really, really impressed with our defense, and you have to give credit to to uh, to our defensive midfielders, uh, Varela and Ostaku. They really held it in the midfield. Uh, these two are really starting to to form a good chemistry together. They're really gelling. They're complementing each other really well on the pitch, and hopefully, it just continues to grow. What do you think of those two? I really like them, and I, I like them with the likes of Romario. I think Romario adds that little bit of legs in uh, winning a lot of tackles. I think those three there, they're going to be our big game midfielders. Um, I know Romario had that unfortunate mistake. It, it happens. It's a mental lapse. It's, it shouldn't happen at this level, but what are you going to do? It, it did happen, and we have to live with that. But at the, aside from that, I think Romario kept up with these guys. He, his, he deserved to be on the pitch on the day. And Varela, the guy didn't quit all game that like, he was all he was all over he he laid his heart on the pitch and Ostaku to me was just consistent throughout the whole match yeah I, I was impressed by our midfield like I said I Sergio's game plan was flawless at the end of the day we just need to execute in the final third I don't know if we were lacking creativity I don't know if we're lacking the ice man but I, I want to say about 95 percent of our crosses and corner kicks were wasted in this match yeah. we like I, in training we need to Film needs to be looked at, and there needs to be some training around that because if like if that's not working, then you just got to stop it and maybe put someone a little faster at striker. Because to me, I thought Tenemi played a little bit too much in this match. Uh, to to can you continue the game plan that Sergio wanted executed? I think Tenemi's legs was never going to last ninety minutes. Yeah. I think he just needed to put someone younger and faster, and just buy into the game plan he had and continue that game plan. But. I thought Tedemi was shot by the end of the match. Yeah, he did a lot of work in this game, Tedemi. Even though, yeah. I mean, he he won a penalty, right? I, I, I let's let's yeah. get those let's get these two calls quick out of the way that were a bit controversial. Yeah. What'd you make of the uh, the Tedemi no call penalty and the Eustachio uh, uh, handball to Juan Cancelo's handball Sega? What, what are your thoughts on those uh, two instances? I, mean, I, I thought both were just clear and blatant PKs. Yeah. I, I know Tadami's earned his rep, but at the end of the day, when you have VAR, it's pretty obvious to see that if you don't want to call the shirt grab, you got to call the the thigh to the <laughs> private area of Tadami because that's just that's uncalled for, and you can't do that. Just, the guy doesn't win the ball. There is it no contact made with the ball, and there's no contact. It's a clear PK all day. I I don't know what debate there is there. And then the handball on Cancelo, that, that's hilarious to me. Like. You clearly see your stock. You hit it with the shoulder. I don't know if you just didn't watch enough of the angles, referee. But uh, you, you were referee was a disgrace not to call either of those. And <clears throat> it's it's sad to see because that's not a handball on a stock. You and it's a clear as day handball on yeah. Cancelo, and that's a it's a red card too. So and it's a second yellow. I just want to jump in. I, I agree with you on the Teremi thing. Um, on the uh, Teremi in, incident, there was only one way to stop. Uh, that from being a goal it was just taking him out and that's exactly what happened because if he doesn't make the 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 blatant contact there that's a shot on goal and if Ter Stegen saves that you know that's that's a top five save in his career right there because that would have been incredible Tedemi was going to put that away there was just no chance of of stopping uh, of the defender stopping that ball without taking down Tedemi it, it was just I don't know what the hell the referee was was seeing. I don't know what the VAR room was seeing. It was a blatant penalty, in my opinion. As for the the Stephen Ostaku situation, listen, it's close, right? There's one angle that that shows that it's it's just the shoulder or the chest area, which isn't considered a handball. And then when you kind of turn the camera just a little bit, it, you know, it kind of looks like it's a handball. It could go off the hand. It's hard to tell, right? But you have to go. Yeah, and listen, it's it is what it is, and that's fine. But you yeah. have to go with the call on the field. What's the point of talking about clear and obvious error? It has to be one hundred percent revocable. It has to be one hundred percent refutable. If it's not, you leave the. If there is doubt, you do not change the call. You cannot change the call. That's what clear and obvious error is. That it wasn't blatant. One angle shows that it could be a handball, and then the other angle shows that it looks like it's coming off the chest slash 
uh, shoulder. You got to stick with the call on the pitch. It's, I don't want to blame the refs, but come on. That you're ruining a game at this point when you're going with two calls, two blatant penalties, and you're not going to call either of them. And on top of it, Gavi should have been sent off in the middle, in the beginning of the of the second half as well. You know, Barcelona were just were just hacking Porto the entire time, and I think Conde should have been sent off as well uh, if he had gotten the 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 yellow card for for Teremi's penalty. So I'm not blaming. I thought it was shocking. It, 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 it was. I mean, it's just it's UEFA Lona all over again. It's all it is. It's it's embarrassing. I thought the referee was horrendous, but like I said, at the end of the day, I still think Porto should have yeah. won, even with all this against them. Yeah, I one hundred percent agree. I think we had the capabilities, we had the opportunities, and you're absolutely right. Uh, just to get back onto the positions on what we were talking about uh, with Teremi, um in uh in the attack we just we just aren't linking i think we're creating well but i think it's the execution of these crosses and the strikers making the proper runs or the accuracy on the crosses or the decision making from whether it's galeno or pepe making the right passes making the right moves there's kind of there's a there is an obstruction up there in terms of execution with our attacks, we are just not executing on the crosses. We're not capitalizing on our opportunities. There's, it, there's, I don't know. We're missing something there. We're just not quite gelling. We're, we have the players that are good enough to make it happen. It's just, it's not coming together. I don't know. I will, I will say the game plan probably hurt our chances of scoring across or a corner. This is this was probably if you wanted to cross the ball as much as Porto did in this match, you probably needed Tony Martinez up there. Mm-hmm. And I guess when you did sub Little Mario, that probably would have been the sub to make because uh, Galeno's a wide guy. He's not going to be central for these crosses. He's typically one of the guys crossing the ball. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be Tanami by himself in the box at the end of the day. Yeah. So like like what what's he supposed to do with three to four defenders around him? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like he needed Tony, he needed another big big presence. Maybe take some pressure off of him, take a guy off of him, or maybe just give him a little bit of room to yeah. make a run, a sneaky run. But it's just having the solar striker up in the centrally. It was it was a part of the game plan, which was fine. But you just we had to veer off him crossing the ball. Then yeah, no, I I one hundred percent agree. Um, let's go back to something before we uh, before we jump into the next topic. In this game, we talked about this last week, substitutions, the timing of the substitutions. You know, I'm not saying Sergio should listen to this show, but I think he's got to change something. I like the substitution that he made in the 64th minute, taking out Barro and adding even Nielsen. You have another striker up there that's that's a little bit more dynamic than the Tony Martinez, but that's fine. Well, you wait until the 85th minute to make four substitutions. You know, you bring in Conceição, uh, Danny Namasu, Nico Gonzalez, Ivan Jaime in the 85th minute when there wasn't as much stoppage time as you typically would see in, in games nowadays. Yeah, because it's UEFA and they're not right. abiding by the FIFA laws. So they don't have to. But 80, take 80, on 85th minute, time. it's like. It's embarrassing. I don't understand why he continues to give his son five minutes. He's one of our better players. Can you just give this kid like 30 minutes a game? Like, I don't understand what else he needs to do to show you that he's good enough to make an impact on the match. Every match that kid goes into, he does something. He wins the ball. He recovers the ball over and over again. What else does he need to do to play more than five minutes? I don't understand. Yeah, it's just in general, too. Chiku, like, we lost him the first time to Ajax. For what? He had no business leaving, but he was he wasn't playing. How could I blame the kid? Yeah. And they were gonna go and do the same thing again. Yeah, and they were they actually offered him a lot of, a lot more money. What he was making in one year at Porto, he was making in a week at IX. IX was paying him really, really well. I think it was like fifty grand a week, and that's how much his salary was at the time he left. And I guess the whole contract situation, uh when they offered him a new contract, it wasn't even like remotely close to a starter salary. So I, I don't know. That's what the reports were, but that's besides the point. Um, what I don't like is we have so much quality in the attack. You know, you have Namazu, you have Ivan Jaime, you have Chico Conceição, you have Gonzalo Borges, you have so many options. Why 
why are all of the options coming in late on? Listen, if you want to th- make a subst- one substitution in the 85th minute after you already made three or four, okay, that's fine. But all four reinforcements, come on. you These guys have to get into the game and figure something out and build the chemistry and feed off of off of the circumstances of the game. You know, the, and your game plan was a high work rate, so I don't understand why these guys didn't come in around the 60 to 70th minute. Yeah. Like, your guys are going to be gassed. That's a part of the game plan. Yeah. It's unavoidable. Yeah. It's just, it's, it is what it is at the end of the day. You need to understand that and get the fresh legs on earlier. Yeah. If you wanted to continue that press, like, Barcelona looked uncomfortable on the ball all night. Right. It was that simple. And it's because of the game plan. But to continue, to continue that defense, you needed fresher legs. Yeah. Absolutely. And just just to even get something different to go forward and get that goal, you know, you you need to get fresher legs and you need to get these players to break into the game sooner. The super sub shouldn't be four subs. There shouldn't be four super subs. Get these guys involved in earlier and then, you know, save one guy that you think can make the difference in the last few minutes and add one guy or maybe even two guys in the last five minutes to to make something happen. But changes needed to be made, in my opinion. So, yeah. One day we'll see Chico get more than five minutes. One day. Yeah, one day. Uh, we'll see what happens if he's even going to stay at Porto uh, next year. That option to buy is double what we sold him for. So it's, I don't know. I think Porto's going to take it, but we'll leave that to another day. All right. Before we jump into the Twitter questions, Jason, give me your three star players of this game. I'm going to go with Galeno. Okay. I'm going to go with Varela. And I'm going to go with Carmel. Yeah. Those are my three. I think that left-hand side was on lock. And uh, it was very impressive, to say the least. I think Galenu exposed Cancelo a lot. I don't understand. I'm looking at this Fatmod rating, and I am see Cancelo over here with a 7.8 rating, and I just want to throw up because the guy was useless. Galeno kept him in check, kept him in the back line, and exposed him when he tried to sneak up. Yeah. And almost deserved a red, if not deserved a red. So I, I don't understand these fat mob ratings, but they are what they are. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, But then you look at Alan Varela's rating, it's like a 7.1 when, in my opinion, especially in the first half, he was sensational. He's definitely one of the three players that I thought were the stars of, of the game for Porto. David Carmo, obviously. Uh, what a, I want to say what a revelation he's been this season, but this is what we expected him to be. Uh, like we've been saying for the longest time, be patient with these young kids. It's a long-term investment. I'm not going to say that he is you know, the, the guy now because he's played four or five games. Like you said, I think he needs one or two more games to really solidify uh, his consistency and, and his, uh, I guess, his uh, label or trait as a, as a starter on this team. But he's he looked really good in this game. He looked like an experienced defender. He and without Pep by his side to guide him and just be there to clean up mess or whatever, he was absolutely great. So I really liked uh, seeing him. And I have to give the other star of the game to uh, Mediteremi. I know some people are going to say that that he missed a few opportunities, but man, if he won that penalty, it would be a different story. You know, because he he did really well to to win that, get himself in the position, and it was just unfair that he didn't. Uh, he scored a goal that was offsides, that you know, just by a foot. But outside of just like even missing some opportunities and being unlucky in those situations, I think when he drops back, um, and even even in terms of the press that we were applying on Barcelona, he was a huge part of it. And the position that he was in, in the pressing, contributed to the transitions. Uh, I thought he did really well in link-ups in the transition when we won the wall, the, the ball back from Barcelona. He was there making the right passes. Uh, like I said, we could be frustrated with his finishing, but I don't think Porto trans- is going to transition as well or even win uh, as many as as many duels uh, in the middle of the field or even in, in our final third as much as we did without Tedemi there. So I think he played a really huge game. It's just unfortunate that he didn't get get a goal or an assist in this game, in my opinion. Um, Until my boy Fran Navarro is online and he's scoring and playing both ways. Yeah, 
Well, we got we to gotta see him too. But definitely, I guess honor, honorable mentions for me, I'll put Joel Mario in there. You know, we talked about him and we shined some light on him. I thought he was pretty good, did really well defensively and contributed well in the attack. And then Galinu as well, he does the same. He does his work rate defensively so underrated that I think it's overlooked a lot. Even when he's having his like selfish moments or mental mistakes in terms of passing and decision making, he does really well tracking back and 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 pressing and even winning the balls as well. He's he's pretty good at that. So, but yeah, that pretty much does it for this game, Jason. Did did we miss anything? I pretty much I think we pretty much covered everything on this one. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. This. We beat ourselves at the end of the day. Yeah. That's all there is to it. Typical, typical Porto fashion in the Champions League, but we'll see them again. Well, I want to see if the, we bring this when we go to Barcelona. That's what I want to see. Well, I, what I want to see. That, that's a great point. I was I was thinking about this because last year when we were at the Dragão playing against Atletico Madrid in the group stage, you know, it was more or less the first game or second game of the of the group stage. Dude, we were we were all over them and we lost in the same like same fashion. It was just gut punching we should have walked out with at least a draw or something like that we were the better team and then when we went to madrid we took it to them so let's see if uh let's see if the same thing happens uh this year where we go to barcelona and get some points over there that'd be nice all right let's get to the twitter questions the best part of the show thank you all for your participation we absolutely love it and we love the the discussions that were going on too uh there was a few people that i was going I don't want to say add it with, but we were going back and forth, just, you know, you know, discussing, uh, but it was, it's great. Love all the participation, whether it's the questions here or on Twitter or on Instagram, we love it. So at the end of the day, we want the same thing. We want Porto to win and play well. So, all right, let's get to them. First question comes from Matt's at Matt's attack nine. How does Superbuck taste? What's your favorite thing to eat at a stadium going off to the la- uh, to the last two of three wrongly ruled out penalties, will Taremi ever get a penalty call? Because uh, he's being uh, he's being scapegoated like Aaron Collins for Bristol Rovers in the last two seasons. <laughs> uh, Superbok tastes great, man. I love Superbok, especially in Portugal. Uh, it's it's my go-to beer there. It tastes even better than over here. And they brought the whole tap system to the U.S. Superbuck on draft. You can get it here, and it tastes great. But in Portugal, it tastes way better. Um, since I've never been to a game at in Porto Stadium, Jason, what's your thing to eat at a stadium? I mean, I didn't eat a fun at theirs, but when I went to Roca and I went to Guimarães, it was all about the Bifanas, baby. Oh, yeah. It was all about the beef on it. Um, no alcohol sold in Portugal, so it's all about the food. Oh, yeah. And it's the beef on it. Oh, yeah. Uh, b- b- what's the other part of the question here? Uh, will Taremi ever get a penalty call? Yeah. And I think he's going to get one for diving, too, eventually this season. I think it's going to happen. He gets at least a few of those a year. So um, I don't think he didn't get one because of his reputation. I think it was just the ref. Because regardless, this is just a blatant penalty. So uh, I think the whole reputation thing is just inexcusable. But I don't know. Next question comes from Jack Hacken, Feyenoord enthusiast at Companator. Any defenders you have enjoyed the looks of in the league or abroad since we could use a few? Mm. You know... We definitely need to sign one, and there was one guy that I really like from Fumalico. He's from Brazil. Well, I'm going to pull up his name right now. He's been really good this year. Uh, Otavio da Silva, young kid, really, really good. He's in Fumalico up until last week. They they had arguably the best defense in Portugal. Their defense has been rock solid. On top of that, that they. Have the one of the they had one of the worst attacks as well. They couldn't get anything going, so they've been getting their points because of their rock solid defense. And this kid, twenty one years old, and Fumalico is is finding these little gems every single season. I don't know what's what's going on over there, but since they got back to the first division, they've been producing some some good talent. What do you think, Jason? I mean, yeah, I agree with that one. It's and it has to do with the Chinese investment, in George Mensch. So yeah. 
that's why they're finding all that talent. That's he's invested in the club. You have that money. Um, you know how much power he has. But if there was one guy that we can't afford him, he's never going to come. But if there's one guy that we could have, if I could choose anybody, it'd be Bastoni. That kid. Oh, from is, Inter. Oh, yeah. The kid is a baller. Yeah, he's um... he he's a progressive passer. He's got long range passing. It hits the mark more often than not. He he's good at passing. He's he's got quick feet. He's not afraid to take people on. He's strong. I, I just the kid's a, he's a good defender too. Beast. He's a he's a he's very everything. Good no, he's the complete package. Yeah. He's I don't know if he'll be on Inter much longer. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But that's to me. I wish we could have something like that. Yeah, that's when uh, Porto is gonna get like a bunch of like oil money pumped into the club <laughs> for that to happen for us to get turn into Newcastle. That, so, right? Yeah, we need. Uh, hey, man, if we can't beat them, might as well join. Let's get that money and win the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, I mean wishful, uh, wishful. No, we'll we'll never get it. Him, would be Bastoni. I'm just saying. I if, agree with that. If there's anyone I could sl- select, like that guy would add so much to our team. Yeah. Um, but like Galena would just be running down the pitch and. Boom, Bastoni would just nail him. Yeah. And you just see goals just straight from the center back. Yeah. But, you know, the kid from Fumalico. Wing, we're not getting him. Ot- yeah, he's, he's a legit defender. I mean, his name is Otavio, and he's from Brazil. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, like, you, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> I mean, he's a beast. So, uh, he's been yeah, a beast this no, year. So, let, we got to keep a, our eyes on him. Maybe he could be uh, a future target, and hopefully not a future target for Sporting or Benfica. So. Great question. Carlos at Carlos underscore A1381. Also, is it just me hoping our left back issue gets fixed or is Wendell actually playing good? Hmm. What do you say? No, I think I think Wendell is playing. I think he's he's doing a much better job than I do could ever do. Um, like we said, Wendell just understands team positioning much better. That's probably the reason why Sergio went with him. I mean, would have gone with him, like, regardless. Just he understands tactics better than I do from just watching the game. I mean, you could see his positioning is always better when his team defending. Uh, usually his distribution is much better. And I don't know if maybe Wendell just works with them better. I don't know what it is, but they, they find each other. They work well together. I see Wendell go up the pitch, and um, Galeno's – they're just on the same page a lot. And – that left side looks like it's patched up because of just Wendell just strengthening that left side. Yeah. I think Galeno has a supporting cast now and someone that can actually get him the ball. Yeah. I 100% agree with everything that you said. I think Zaidu is on Porto because he's got wheels and he's a great character when we celebrate and win the league. So he <laughs> wears that hat and then he's going to say, Pareço melhor do mundo, all that stuff. So we definitely, we definitely need him. I, I love Zaidu, but it's just. Yeah. You know, no, I like. I him. like him. I, I he seems like him. a he's nice. Not good. He seems like a nice guy, man. Like, yeah, it's just it's just not good enough for just the caliber of outside backs we've had in the past ten years. He's just not nothing near those guys. Yeah, I definitely have a Superbock and a and a Francesinha at Cafe Santiago in Porto with Zaidu for sure. Oh, all day. Yeah. I mean, he's he deserves yeah. it. Yeah. Kidding me? He scored some important goals for us. He's had some big games. Scored some important not... goals. Jason, come on. He scored the <laughs> goal at Salam Festus, yeah. man. That was epic. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that was epic to say the least. And I mean, I, he's always got a great attitude. It's just for the modern game, he just can't really cut it. His feet's just not not good enough. There's games where you're like, all right, like, yeah, I can live with this. And then other games, you just, there's like five times in a row, he just gives the ball away. And you're like, what are we doing? Yeah, 100%. Well, that does it for the, uh, the Saidu, whatever you want to call it. We were giving him a lot of praise. But CDB at CD Barros Oitu. We complain a lot about Portuguese reps, but as we see today, all officials are a joke. Porto denied two clear PKs, and UEFA clearly favors Barcelona over other teams. Will corruption and BS calls ever go away, even with VAR? Likely not, but up for discussion. Ugh. These questions make me laugh because it's like <laughs> it's it's kind of true. It's it's. You wait. No, they'll never go away, man. They just won't. Listen, Barcelona just... have a great team. Okay, I don't want to take that yeah, away from they... them. They do, They're very they, good. They did not look good in this game at all. And don't get me wrong, they, they had those individual players that could essentially 
Like you could have a crap game all game as a team, but these guys are obviously good enough to expose a mistake and put the game away. And clearly they did that, but they just they didn't play like Barcelona at all. Like Porto's game plan shut them down. They didn't they didn't look easy on the ball. Yeah. They looked terrible on the well, ball. Well, you know how there's games like, you know how there's games where a team is is complete shit for eighty eight minutes and then they'll just force a mistake and then they'll just capitalize. Like like Messi and Ronaldo can go eighty nine minutes of just doing nothing and then boom. Last two minutes of the game, they score that goal or they'll score two goals in just like five touches. I don't even think this was the case in that moment for Barcelona because no, I feel like we just they, we, they didn't we, force we the literally error. handed no. it to them and they didn't, they didn't force have the error much. at all. They didn't have much yeah. after that. It's just ah, it's it's not like they made a play that was worth applauding. It we handed it to them. We gift wrapped yep. it. We put the gift receipt in and we just gave it to them. We expedited it and gave them free shipping. And there it is. Three points. Oh, just hate it. Anyway, next question. Brian Pereira at B Pereira underscore 1022. Thoughts on Carmu picking up a run of games and form. Who would you sign in January? I'm loving the positive Carmu questions now. Remember, like for an entire year, <laughs> yeah. we were, when's Garmu going to yeah. play? What's with Garmu? Any news yeah. on Garmu? Oh, he's here. But I, I think I think Sergio, like his substitutions, he's very hesitant to give guys chances. Yeah. And uh, you'll you'll see, like guys like Zaidu, they'll get chances over and over again. And then you'll see a guy like this come in and just, he'll get one chance and make some mistake and you don't see him again. And you're like, whoa, what's going on? He just gives Zaidu 20 chances. It just, you know, it just happens with Sergio. It's the same thing with his late substitutions. Just who he is as a coach. We don't know what happens in training. We don't see it. But, yeah, I think Carmu's, uh, we could say at this point in time, he's been playing like his price tag. Yep. So let's let's keep it up, Carmu, yep. so we can continue to praise you. And who would you sign in January for center back? Listen, I'm going to underline this. Otavio da Silva, also born in Brazil. Yeah. Let's go with him. Yeah. Yeah, I'll second that, and then I'll go with uh, selling Taremi. I think we just need to get him off the books, man. Mm. I, I, I like him. I like him a lot, but you need to get these yeah. the, the kids you signed in the game. I'm sorry. like You can't let Fernando Navarro just wither away on the bench. Like This this is just a stronger kid's yeah. – like a kid flying high last season just not getting burned this year. Like, come on. I, I understand our intentions were to sell Taremi, but if we can in January, just get him off the books. Yeah. We need to make space for these young guys. I'm, you have to. Because if not, this, these guys are just going to dwindle away. and uh, You start to lose confidence and you question, are you even a f- professional footballer anymore? It's, these guys are human at the end of the day. They need to see burn. Yeah. no, I, I, They need to be scoring goals. They need to feel alive. Like when they score goals is when they feel alive. They're strikers. Yeah. I, I And Taremi's sucking that space away. Like we thought he was gone. Yeah. I know. I totally understand that. And I totally get it. When you look at it for the financial aspect of it, you know, getting Taremi off the books and getting a little bit of money for him because you have so many strikers already. You had made that investment in Novato and all these younger guys that are around that you obviously were, we're going to hurt a little bit because we don't have Teremi, but it's for, this is how the club operates. If we were like a Juventus or I'm mean, not Juventus, like, yeah, I guess a, a 2018 Juventus, you know, Real Madrid, Barcelona, all the bigger clubs that, maintain the same guys and can do that it would make sense to maintain them but we run a money ball club style we work in cycles this is how we survive is is growing players and selling them off making uh surpluses on transfers so uh if we could get like 15 million in january it's hard to say no to that but a little bit of me just like wants that Emmy to stay because I want to win this league. And I really think, I think we have a potential to go far into the champions league this year because we have a good team. We have a good attack. We have the players. We just have to work on a few things to really solve our problems. And I think on our, on our day, we are a very good team. We can be a very good team. But I don't think it will be possible if we don't have Tedemi because he's just so dynamic and so important. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, but I, I'll counter that because I think the current formation we have to play with, since we have so much depth in the midfield, Tedemi being by himself at this age and the as a, the striker is just not cutting it. Yeah, and I, I really do think that 
in this formation that the way we're going to line up this season is uh, unless he's going to change it, but he needs a guy next to his side or just cut. Like I said, cut him. Yeah. Just sell him for whatever you get. I don't even care if you get 2 million at this point in time, just make room for his legs that are going to get behind defenses. Like did I mean, he can't really get behind the defense anymore. And when you're in the champions league, there's some young guys back there that will play like men. Yeah. So yeah, his legs can't do it. I mean, he's, He's over 30, and in the striker position, it's not easy unless you're world-class. And Tanami kind of peaked a little late, but he's not a speed demon, per se, at the end of the day. It just Unless he's going to get that support at striker and get a second guy next yeah. to him, and we change it to like a 3-5-2 or something, when if Pepe comes back and we want to play three center backs or something like that, and Wendell and Joe Mario are wingbacks. Uh, or, I mean, I guess at that point, I would go Joe Mario and... Galenu has wingbacks, but you, you need a second striker with Tanami because his legs, he's just not going to get behind defenses. We need a guy to do that because this yeah. team is very good, but we're not showing how good we are because we're not scoring. Yeah. So we need to change something up there. And I think, unfortunately, it's a blessing and a curse with Tanami because he's he's very good. He likes to come collect the ball and he, he does create a lot of space, but for who at the end of the day? Right. If he has to come and collect it deep, Galeno is not is not a striker. He's a winger. He likes to be out wide. So he's it's it's just not cutting it for the system of play we have and the the personnel that we have. We're missing we're missing that even Nielsen from two years ago, man. Because when Luis Diaz left, Teremi's game improved so much. Like he became so much more important. His distribution, uh, obviously, his goal finishing was crazy. But the amount of assists that he collected after Luis Diaz left and the form that even Nielsen was in. Like, I think that's what we were missing last year was that, that second lethal striker. And we didn't really have it. I hate to say it, but I think even Nielsen's done. I, I don't know why he was the one subbed into this game. I know we invested a lot of money in him and that's probably the bigger issue. Yep. But, um, He's been injured too many times, and I could see another injury coming very soon. I think we just need to cut our losses with him. I said that before the season started, and he just didn't. To me, he's, yeah. I wouldn't have put him in this game. Yeah. To me, I want to hang on to him. I think. I think in some of the games that he played this year, he was pretty impressive. I don't want to cut losses with him because I think his ceiling is still there, and we paid. I think we paid quite a bit of money for him. So I don't want to like just, he wasn't cheap. Yeah, he wasn't cheap. So he's still young. He's, he has that potential. We know what he's capable of. So I think, I think he needs this season to really prove himself. And then, you know, we can start talking about kind of getting rid of him next year or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, But I don't know. I think, I think he's been, he's been impressive in some of the games that he played, not all of them, but um, you know, just like everyone else, you just need to give them you need to give them an opportunity and it's hard to you got to make the most of your opportunities on this team because there's just so many players playing the same position or that can play multiple positions so there's a lot to work with here yeah we we paid 8.8 million for him yeah. and uh, i think my biggest gripe with him is just injured too often yeah it, like if you're getting injured this much at porto if you go to the prem or any other league it's not going to get any easier right FCP 1992 at FCP 1992. Do you guys think Carmo has turned his corner? I really liked his game the last two games. Yeah, 100%. I think he's been great. Uh, in the Benfica game, he was pretty much excellent. Uh, I think he kind of got away with, uh, with a potential red card. But, I mean, Porto was already down uh, a man, and they already suffered a harsh call from the referee. I don't know. Uh, but outside of that, he was good in that game, in a big game, and he was really good against Barcelona. Two big games and two pretty solid performances, in my opinion. What do you think? I think he just finally got his opportunity, to be honest. Yeah. I, I thought we just he didn't get enough chances, and I get it because you had Pep and Marcano, and which were weathered center back. So completely understanding that's the system we play at Porto, but uh, I just didn't think he was given enough chances. But yeah, I mean, if you want to call it turning a corner, you can call it turning a corner. I just think... He was never a terrible player. He just wasn't given the proper exposure. Yep. Migu Papatango at Migu Papatango. Do you think Francisco is good enough for the squad or is he lucky to be there since Papa Daddy is the coach? <laughs> a 
What do you say about this? You uh, talked, you hinted a little bit earlier in the episode about Shiku. He's, the kid's important. He gives something nobody else gives. He gives a spark when he gets onto the pitch. There's no reason why this kid doesn't deserve more than five minutes a game. Yeah. Every time he gets on, he's going up the pitch. He's taking outside backs on. He's creating crosses. He's creating uh, un, like unrestlessness in the defense. They have to keep an eye on this kid. He's a pain in the ass. And then on top of that, he recovers the ball more often than not in the midfield. I just don't understand why he's not playing. This kid deserves to play every minute he's played. If not, he deserves more. It's sad. It's almost To me, he's getting shunned by his dad because he's his son. Uh... I don't know about this one. I think I might disagree with you on this. I think he has the potential to be very good. I think him on his day is very good. But I find it strange that he's getting all these opportunities and not everyone else that's ahead of him, that's been in the league, and that I think is are better than him. Um, I think Ivan Jaim, for example, should be playing over him. And I think Fran Navarro should be getting more opportunities than he has been. Um, I think he's a good player. He's still very young, but I don't want to say it's because of Papa Daddy's there. And I think, I don't know if his return has anything to do per se with his dad, but I do think at the same time that Shiku doesn't get as many minutes now and before he left us uh, the first time um, because of his dad. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of like, I, I agree and kind of disagree with both of you. I think there's other players that deserve an opportunity over Shiku, but but they don't do what he does is the problem. He's yeah. a winger, and he he adds width to the pitch and he takes people on outside backs. Front of ours is a center forward, which Tedemi is taking up his space, and even Jaime is a central player. So that's why I'm saying Conceição deserves a lot more time because our right side is nowhere near as threatening as our left, where Glenn was. Yeah. And when Francisco gets on the pitch, we stretch that right side a lot more than we have all game. Because every time our right players, whoever's on the right-hand side of the pitch is always a central player, and they always veer centrally. Yeah. Whether it's Pepe, it's Ivan Jaime, it doesn't matter who it is. They veer central, and we never get width or depth on that, that right-hand side. We don't go deep into the box. We don't go on the touchline on the right-hand side until constantly sounds in the game. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a fair point there. All right. Good question. Good responses here. Uh, I mean, hey, I, I don't know. I, I like him. Uh, it's just, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to make of it. I think it's, I think one of the issues in terms of the substitution and the playing times for all these players is that Sergio makes these substitutions late on in the game where they don't have enough time to really make that impact because the likelihood of them making an impact is them making an impact on their first few touches. And I think that's unfair. For any player. So they need more time, all of them, whether it's Shiku, Ivanshaim, Namasu, whoever it may be. Uh, we need these substitutions out earlier so we can see what they're actually made of. They need time. Brandon H at B Hapapaya. The result and calls did not fall our way and are frustrating on the back of Friday, but I'm happy with the performance. Way more proud of how we played than if we are playing like Barcelona tonight, do we just stay the course? Yeah, I think you have to, but you need to make minor adjustments, whether that's the formation or getting new guys' looks. I mean, I will say some of our guys, they looked very tired around the 50-minute mark, and you did just come off a game where you played Benfica with 10 men. Like I, To me, I thought Galenu, he kind of died out in that game. And same thing with Taremi. I thought those guys, their legs gave out. Yeah. And I thought, they sh like we said, they should have been subbed out sooner. Yeah, the workload. I, I, their legs were giving. And they, they worked. The workload was very high in this game. Yeah. So it's not to say, even though they were full strength, it's not like they were walking in the park. It was a high workload again. So I, it's just like we said, these subs need to come sooner. Yeah. And give the fresher guys chances. Mm -hmm. Keep them fit and get them ready for their opportunities. But yeah, I think to me, Galeno and Taremi were both tired in this match. And it's not a knock to you, those guys, because they were giving it all they had. And that's two games straight, two tough games, two big teams. And, but we just kept them on for too long. Yeah, I think so. And I think, once again, I'm going to allude back. Substitutions need to be made earlier. But uh, to answer the last part of the question, I think we stay I think we stay on course with the formation for the most part. Well, at least the starting 11, because the formation always changes throughout the game. Uh, it says that we line up in a 4-4-2, but it, it, it changes a lot. And with Varela, the way that he is, sometimes we see 
uh, a back three and even a back five. So it changes a lot throughout the game. I think we go with yeah. The, I don't. I don't ever see a four four two. No, no. In our, no we don't play yeah. that. Like they, they can put that on paper, but we don't play that. Galeno's a true left winger. He's high and wide. Don't get me wrong, he tracks, but he's high and wide, man. Yep. He's not. He's not in the four four two. Our right wing is a central player, so yep. <laughs> make make of it what you will. But he's not a winger. Whoever our right midfielder is, and that second forward is typically a central guy. Like a, he's like almost a almost a number ten or attacking midfield. Yeah, yeah he's and a that's Tademi most so, of the times. Yeah, so you have a guy high and wide to the left, and you have a striker Tademi, and then you have someone behind Tademi. But yep, this it's not a, it's not a four four two ever. Yeah, uh, for the starting eleven, I'd keep it pretty much the same. Uh, probably take out Burrow and maybe put in Ivan Jaime. Depending on who we play, depending on who we play, that's because I, I I like Jaime a lot. Jaime Jaime's capable of a lot, and he's I I've liked what I've seen from him, but Baro in this game was necessary. No, no, for and sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I think. But yeah, depending on who we play, Jaime should be the guy. He's very good, man. Yeah, he he played well against Benfica, Baro, and then it was unfortunate we got the red card, and then he had to be yeah. he had to be subbed out. So as you yeah. said, he was the sacrificial lamb uh, in the last yeah. episode. So that's what it was. So I think. Uh, going in with him in this game was fine. I thought he did well until that that mistake. And even after in the second half, for the minutes that he played, I I was surprised he even played that much in the second half. Uh, he was still getting forward, and, and he shook off that mistake, and he got that that standing ovation when he got subbed off. You know, I think he deserved not deserved it, but like you know, it was good to see that the crowd stood by him and and was with him. That you know, he he made a mistake, but we're all with him. We feel for him. Yeah, it's our it's our guy at the end of the yeah. day, and he's a human. And like I said, the, there was still a lot of work that could have been done to prevent that goal. Like even when Romario pissed it away, Carmo and Cardozo could have definitely they weren't on the same page there for sure, to say the least. Yep. Whether they're going to analyze that as a team or not, who knows? But they could have uh, at least delayed a little bit. But they just they were sliced through like uh, sliced through like melted butter. That's what they were sliced through. I don't know. Yep. Something, man. <laughs> Paul Andres at Andres, 1973. Porto suffered two straight losses. Do you place more blame on the bad calls that conditioned those results? Or do you place more blame on the costly mistakes made by individual players in those games? Furthermore, how much did the inability to score play a part? I think all of the above. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll still put it on the mistakes. Right. At the end of the day, we could still we could still come through. Yep. Bad calls are just going to be a part of the game. We're going to have to learn to live with them. Um, if you want to be champions, like there's going to be games you get calls in your favor, and there's going to be plenty of games that they're calls that are not in your favor. So you got to find a way to win the game at the end of the day. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I think I think it was easier to overcome the mistakes, the officiating mistakes in the Barcelona game than it was in the Benfica game. Uh, I think you really just ruined the game uh, by sending someone off early on and, and being very harsh about it. Uh, listen, some people think it was a red. Some people don't. It is what it is, uh, and that's fine. But I, I, I think most people say that it was harsh. So you kind of ruin the game, and it's hard to make up. I think the mistakes in the Benfica game, there weren't really many. And after... After 19 minutes and you go down a man, it's hard to judge a team's performance and uh, a team's ability or or whatever it may be based on being down for 10 minutes for 70 minutes in a game. So um, I think in the Barcelona game, we could have made it up and we didn't. We weren't able to. And that's that's the unfortunate part. Uh, of course, we definitely needed a penalty, maybe two in this game. We could have probably got a, a tie or a win. But I think we really shot ourselves in the foot making that bad mistake from Baro and 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 our uh, attack not being able to score to score at least one or two goals i think we we were there we were creating we were we were a very threatening team we were making the life difficult for barcelona and a team that is more clinical that doesn't make mistakes would have won this game and that's at the end of the day that's what killed us the most as much as the officiating it really hurts to see and it hurts to not get a penalty but we should have been better at the end of the day Migos at Migos underscore FCP. What changes do you think Sergio will make for the Portimonense, and what changes would you both like to see? I mean, it's probably not a. <sighs> Let's see. I would make quite a few changes. I think our guys just had two tough games back to back. 
I would uh, give some fresh legs uh, an opportunity here. Yep. I, I think this might not even be a bad time to let Gonzalo Borges get the start left wing. Um, let Galeno come in as a sub later on in the game just to stay, get the minutes and stay healthy. But and I, I think I would start Tedemi on the bench in this match too. I think he's. I think our guys are tired, man. You, you got to sort something out there. Yeah. And I would even should be a game that Ivan Jaim gets the start, and I might even rest the stock you for the first half. Yeah. Yeah. Or Vedella, one of them. I I like Vedella. I don't think he can be afforded to be subbed out, but it's going to be a long season. We we need to manage these guys. They're they're humans, not robots. Yeah, I think this is the last game before international break. I could be wrong. Yeah. I think it is. Uh, yep. We don't play again until the 20th. So we yep. play Sunday the 8th against Portimones, and then we play the 20th in the Taça de Portugal, and then we play Champions League on the 25th, and then we don't play a league game until the 29th, which is also Sunday yep. against Vizela. So... Uh, you know what? Uh, just go pedal to the metal. Put the whole squad in. Let's go. A team in. <laughs> I run them. Run them. Anyone that's going on international. Think break, about it, man. It's a two week sh- vacation over here for these guys, for the most part. No, nope, they're going. Anyone that's going to be playing an international break, I would not risk it because guys get hurt on international break. You, you have to travel. Now that travel becomes a stress <laughs> on the body, on top of everything you've been playing. These are things you got to take into account. Yeah, this is a modern game. So yeah. No, I don't know. We'll see. No, I agree. I think uh, maybe a couple of changes in the... Uh... The guys still get in the game. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think they should start and yeah. play 85 minutes because you know you're not subbing until 85th minute. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I think uh, I think Sergio will put that to... Uh, we'll keep that in mind and who he's going to select and we'll see the changes. I think there's going to be some changes in terms of fatigue, but uh, I think uh, we need to try something else than uh, Romario Barro because... It was unforgivable, unforgivable that mistake, and we're gonna expect Sergio to really make him pay the price for it, and that's what he does to everyone. So, let's see what happens there. Lulu ninety at Lulu at Lou six one one U two terrible calls, clear pen in the first half. How is Taylor still a ref? <laughs> no, I don't know. He he's still a good ref, but I just. I don't know if there's something said to these guys or they're just scared to give a PK versus Barcelona. I don't understand it, but it's just, it's hard. It's horrific at the end of the day. Like there's no reason why Porto didn't get at least one PK in that game. Yeah. There's two blatant chances to give it. And I get it. You're going to be hesitant. It's a Champions League game, the caliber and it's against Barcelona. But when you make two errors like that, you have to penalize the club. You can't let them just get away yeah. with murder. Yeah, and on top of not sending off at least one player too. Yeah, it wasn't fair. That's for sure. Yeah. But it is what it is. He, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of English referees against Porto or any Portuguese side. I feel like the the Brits don't really care for the Portuguese. And uh, yeah, but when it comes to vacation, uh, they're all oh, over the Algarve. They're all over Lisboa. Well, yeah, when they it comes come to over football, here. It's a different story. It's a different story when it comes to footy. And bring those garbage pounds to Portugal. Like, come on, man. Hey, man, we see it. It's just not until recent that you see Portuguese players actually playing the Prem. Whatever. Like, how long was it? Like, so long they took a while for them to get respect or anything. Yeah. I mean, these players are just great players. And I'm sure Taylor's still sour about 04 and 06. So, oh, guaranteed. whatever. Anyway. Yeah. That pretty much does it for this episode. Uh, Jason. Any last words before we wrap things up? We got to shape up before our season becomes a dumpster fire. That's all I know. Yeah, can't can't play well and not get results. So 100. need to play well and get the result. If, can continue the style of play because I gotta say it was fun to watch last game, but gotta gotta tighten up on some errors as a team and need to become men real fast and stop being the young and dumb and youthful. Yep. Yeah, I agree, man. I think uh, this reminds me of like when you when you study so well for an exam and then you take the exam and you felt like you did great and then in the end you get like a C. Like that's exactly what it's like watching Porto. We feel like we yeah. we had the right preparation, yeah. we felt good, and then nothing. So yep. that's why. What a great way to end. You know, you know, before going into the uh, international break, we're gonna play against Portimonense, and I want to see three, four, maybe five goals in this game. That'd be a great way to go into international break and just send a message to everyone that we're back. 
We need I it. Hope so. We need Have goals. Have we won a game by more than one no. yet this year? Uh, yes, in the Champions no. League. We did. Oh, we did by two. Yes, we did. Yeah, that was it. Hmm. All right, well, let's make it another one. We, we need like a, a four or five goal banger in this game. We need confidence boosting. We need spare tie. We need guys running through a damn wall. That's what we need. That's it. All right. Now we're definitely going to close out the show. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Porto Podcast in English. Follow us on Twitter at FC Porto Pod ENG. On Instagram, the Porto Pod ENG. Facebook, the Porto Podcast in English. If you like our show, please hit the five stars, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify or whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Leave a review. It helps us grow. We'd really appreciate it. And we will see you all on the next episode.